Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, begins to explain the wilderness experience. God was with the Israelites the entire time, but it was a time of teaching his people. In everything we go through, there is one thing God is trying to teach us trust in him and trust in his love for us. Deuteronomy 7 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousandth generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. Awesome. Good to be here. I bless this for us because it's, it's good to think that we just celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. And it was a good feast. And we had a lot of fun and we, I think we took a lot of steps. But one thing that I, I wanted to talk about is what lesson do we learn from tabernacles? What lesson do we learn of the wilderness experience? The Feast of Tabernacles, we read in Leviticus 23, that it's to remember the 40 years that they wander in the wilderness. Because remember, a lot of things happen in the wilderness. First thing, when Moses went up the mountain to get the, the law, they made a golden calf. Right? Right from the beginning. Right after salvation. Right after Passover. Right? Right after being redeemed out of Egypt. They made a big mistake. And God was ready to destroy them. And Moses said, no, 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 you're not going to destroy them. What will the other nations say? Then God said, say, okay, so you go and take these people to the promised land. Moses said, no, 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 no. If you don't go, stop the deal right here. So the whole time in the wilderness required Moses to be always interceding for the people. First lesson. Whenever we see somebody making a mistake, we need to be Moses. (laughs) Say, no, God, that's not big enough for you to give up on that person. Right? So God changed his mind. I don't have the verse here, but you can find that. I think it's Exodus 33. That Moses was really bold, and God changed his mind. Then the story goes on, people complain, people murmur, there's no water, there's no food. But one thing that to me is the lesson that I want to take home with me is that all the time God was there with them. Through the most terrible wilderness experience, God never left them. 
When they got, they sent these spies to take the land. Ten spies came with a bad report. And then God said, okay, now we're going to have to change the plan. Plan B, we're going to add a third feast, tabernacles. What would be the Bible without the Feast of Tabernacles? But Tabernacles, if you think about it, is a plan B. It only happened because they could not go in and take the land. Because they were fearful. Because they were unbelieving. After all that they had seen, they forgot that God was greater than all the gods of Egypt. Of course, he would be greater than all the kings and nations of the promised land. But they forgot that really quick. So they said, okay, so you're not going to enter the land, and we're going to have to come up with a feast of tabernacles. And then all the generations are going to have to learn about this and remember about tabernacles so that they don't make the same mistake. Right? But I love the fact that God is so faithful that he kept the record. And he said, now, later, even other nations, even the Gentiles, they need to learn this. That it doesn't matter how much they fail and how many mistakes they make, I will not leave them. I will not give up on them. Just like I never gave up on my people Israel, I will never give up on you. Oh, but I'm going through this wilderness. Well, but God is there with you. He's feeding you. He's keeping you warm at night. He's keeping you cool during the day. There's manna. There's a word. First Corinthians 10, 11. Now, these things happened to them as an example and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. God took care of preserving the story, the history, and everything so that we would have an example and we would learn something about the wilderness experience. First Corinthians 10 1 to 4 says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them. And the rock was Christ. Even Christ was there, being part of this plan. The angel of the Lord followed them and guided them through the wilderness. Christ was sustaining them, just like he guides and sustains us through our wilderness. 
He is the way, right? The truth and the life. So he's like, through the wilderness, if you follow him, you're going to get to the Father. You're going to get to the promised land. You're going to get to the kingdom. But I was thinking about that. Right now, we, we feel like we're in the wilderness, right? I do. Because we are not in the, our destination. And I was thinking about that comparing the church with Israel. And our walk with God with Israel. You know, you're redeemed from Egypt. You're saved. Right? You go through the Red Sea, the blood of Christ. You, you know, you put the blood in the door. And then you, you're brought to life. You have Pentecost, you have the Word, the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't keep you from making any mistakes, being disobedient, being fearful. But then you enter this wilderness, and it's not easy. But they had manna, they had a rock following them. They had the presence of God with them. But a lot of times when you're in the wilderness, you don't care. You just want to get out of the wilderness. But God was using that to teach them something. Look at this, Exodus 23, verse 20, 21. This is when Moses was negotiating with God... And then God said, Behold, I'm going to send an angel before you to guard you along the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Be on your guard before him and obey his voice. Do not be rebellious toward him, for he will not pardon your transgression, since my name is in him. There's so many written about this angel of the Lord that my name is on him. This is a special angel. A special messenger from the presence of God. And again, I believe it is the Messiah. The Lord. So, even... When you're going through the wilderness, God has a special angel that carries his name, guiding you, teaching you, taking you along the way. And I bless that for us, Lord. Give us eyes to see you. Even in our darkest moments. Even in the difficult experiences of wildernesses <laughs> that we go through a lot of times has consequences you know but that you're using that to teach to create something in us of a trust in you basically all the, the their problems was a lack of trust in God and a lack of trust in Moses And then that's what drove people a lot of times to do things out of their own drive or motivation. I mean, and then you had a, a whole generation under Joshua that was, you know, obedient to cross the Jordan and march around Jericho. 
which would be like, what, what are these guys doing? They're crazy. You know, but they were trained to learn to obey, to learn to trust. And like everything, do not go to the right or to the left. Meditate day and night. Be strong and be courageous. Because that's the secret of success. So it took 40 years to raise a generation that would be abiding by the word day and night. Deuteronomy 7, 7. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose, chose you, because you were more in number than any of the peoples. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from Egypt. Not because you are special, not because you are greater, not because you are smarter, not because you are prettier, not because of anything. Actually, Israel was the smallest nation of all the earth. But God chose to do that with them because of his oath, his covenant that he made with Abraham. And I don't know if you remember that. When he made that covenant with Abraham, Abraham was sleeping. Abraham did not do anything just to show that everything is on God. The next chapter, Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 and 3, You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you be hungry and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by the everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. I think this is beautiful. In everything that we go through, there's one lesson that God is trying to teach us. They're going to have to trust him. Do not trust your circumstances. Do not, do not trust anybody. <laughs> trust the word. Do not trust the news, the stock market, nothing. Because he's trying to just tell and raise up people that will learn and know for sure they do not survive on bread alone. They don't live by bread alone. By, by every word. They had the fire by night, cloud by day. They had manna. Life was not that complicated, right? By the time that they were, you know, maybe like 30 years in the wilderness, they finally figured out how to collect manna, right? Because that was the first thing. I don't know if there's going to be any tomorrow, so I'm going to get for today and tomorrow. 
and for the rest of the week. They still could not trust God. So maybe by 30 years into the wilderness, they had, okay, I know how much I'm going to eat today. And I know tomorrow, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Oh, Friday, so I need double portion because it's Sabbath. You know, they were like finally getting it. Well, that life was getting comfortable and easy. The problem is that they, they were not getting anywhere. But God did not forget his oath and his plan to give them everything. So there comes another transition. Oh, now it's time to take the land. No more manna. You see that house there? That's the granary of the giants. Go take some grain. Go take some corn. God wants us to get somewhere. He wants us to get to the promised land. I feel like this is like our, our word, our lives, right? We have the word. We have learned how to feed on the word, relate in our sukkahs. But a lot of times it doesn't feel like we're not getting anywhere yet. <laughs> 11, 18. You shall therefore impress these words of mine on your heart and on your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. So he was trying to really impress on them something that they would have to learn to trust the Lord. And that was always the problem. And that's why we're still celebrating tabernacles. Because we're still learning the same lesson. We still need to learn the same lesson. But I love this because... One more. Chapter 31, verse 10. Then Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the time of the year of remission of death, at the Feast of Booths, Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place which he will choose, you shall read this law in front of all Israel in their hearing. Assemble the people, the men, the women, and children, and the alien who is in your town, so that they may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God, and be careful to observe all the words of this law, even the aliens, even the Gentiles. At one point, here is already talking about for us, the coming of the Messiah. So it had been promised, even through Moses, even in Abraham, all the nations. So God always has a plan to include us and never give up on us. I have one more verse that I, a few verses, and then I'm done. I read this this week, Jeremiah 16, starting with verse 14. Therefore, remember, this is like 
hundreds of years later, Jeremiah prophesying to Judah, the northern tribes had been taken away already, captivity. But Jeremiah was still speaking to Jerusalem, saying, guys, return to the Lord, return to the Lord. Therefore, behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said, as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. That is not going to be said again. Why? But as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of the north and from all the countries where he had banished them. For I will restore them on their own land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I'm going to send for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will fish for them. And afterwards, I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them from every mountain and every hill and from the clefts of the rocks. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face. Nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. Even when they are scattered all over the countries of the, this world. And their iniquity is not concealed from God's eyes. He's still going to rescue them and bring them back to Israel. And we saw this happening the last seven decades, 70 years, that because of the creation of the state of Israel, persecution against Jews all over the Middle East forced them to come back to Israel. This is fulfillment of this prophecy. O Lord, my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in the day of distress, to you the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, our fathers, this is the Gentile nation saying, our fathers have inherited nothing but falsehood, false gods. Futility and things of no profit. Can man make gods for himself? Yes, they are not gods. Therefore, behold, I'm going to make them know this time I will make them know my power and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. That's the lesson that I want to take from the wilderness. That even when we are wrong, when we go astray, He is faithful. He cannot break His promise. His Loving kindness is forever. His mercy endures forever. And I want to come out of this tabernacles and this wilderness experience with a, a new awareness, a re revelation of the God that we walk with, of the Father that we, we adore and we worship. Amen? Amen. Amen. We bless this. Lord, in all that we are going through, we see that you have been faithful. Yes. Even when we were not 
walking perfectly in your word. Even when we were putting our trust in other things. Even when we were just like playing old, disobeying. We know that we have the word. We have the manna. We have the angel of the Lord walking by our side, guiding us, being faithful. Even with, with the staff comforting us. You get back on track here. Like a good shepherd. You know, get back on track. You know, a lot of times we, you know, faint not when you're disciplined. Right? One of the things that we need to learn in the wilderness is that we are going to be disciplined. The wilderness is a school. Just like the church is a school. To prepare us, like Ephesians 4 talks about, for us to enter the promised land, the relationship, the maturity that we are supposed to walk in. Amen. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.